It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. You're very welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. What a night last night in Hamden Park for the Irish women's international soccer team. I watched the whole game and when Amber Barrett scored that goal, what a feeling and what a feeling for everybody involved. And then, of course, they held out for the win that has sent Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, to the World Cup finals for the first time in our history. But I'm sad to say... It's all been absolutely ruined by what happened in the dressing room subsequently. It really has. And today on the show, I have plenty of contacts in the world of football to that team as well. And I've decided not to feature it at all on the show because I just don't think it's appropriate in the circumstances of what has followed. It was really shameful, I have to say. Shameful. And those Irish players have to go back to their clubs in England. A lot of them play their football in England. Uh, towards the weekend and meet colleagues and club members there as well and the scenario is not good it really is now the FAI have been out today with an apology and I feel sorry for Vera Pau the manager who you know really engineered this team to be the team it is and qualify for the World Cup and her emotion at the end last night was palpable and she is out apologising profusely today and I want to say in the past, I, I, I can't throw stones. I'm in a greenhouse myself because I've been caught on the mobile phone in one very famous incident way back against Bohemians and Rahadi and I was caught myself. But somebody illegally uh, took a, a video of me. Well, did they illegally? They just took a video in a public place. But, and, and, and I understand what it feels like the next day and you think and you reflect and I'm sure they are thinking and reflecting today. But with a national team, and in a dressing room, had nobody the sense or cop on, and they're not children, to know. No phones, no recording. I'm not trying to justify it in any way. That's the first, That's the, 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 the thing today. You know, you just can't. It goes everywhere. Somebody gives it to somebody and, and away it goes. I'm not trying to justify it at all. It's horrendous. If you are somebody who has a family member who has been who was a victim of the IRA, on both sides of the community, there are victims and families the hurt every time that is heard and to be heard by a national team 
is just simply, simply shocking, I say again. Absolutely shocking. And people are trying on all sides to make things better. Two Northern Ireland players suspended recently because of what came up on social media. Uh, people are working all the time cross-community in the north of Ireland. We're trying to build a new Ireland in this country. And yet, and, and, and the revulsion when the Michaela McAreevy uh, video appeared on the other side was wholly justified and action has been taken there by the law. It's just sad that a great occasion has been just taken away in an instant, really. And, and, and the whole other side of it now is what's gaining the news and gaining traction and won't go away. It's shocking, that's all I say. And apologies, recompense, whatever has to be done, needs to be done and continue to be done. But uh, we'll just leave it at that for today because I'm sad that I'm not covering the joy of qualifying for the World Cup. And I won't. It's simple as that this afternoon. Have you a view on what happened last evening in uh, Scotland? The game was great. The result, wonderful. The World Cup. But what I've just been talking about, if you haven't seen the video, it's all across social media there. Continuing, I believe, on the flight home as well. Mentioning, um, you know... Oh, stop. I, I, I just want to leave it there for the day. But if you have anything to say yourself, if you have a feeling on this, if you have something to say, do get in touch with me. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I'd love to hear your feelings on this one today. What do you think? Come on, let's be having you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. But we move on on today's Late Lunch with this. I'm sure it brings back memories, does it? Yes, Angela Lansbury and Murder, she wrote, passing away, news breaking last evening at 96 years of age, just short of her 97th birthday. And so many people love that show, including our Louise. We'll be talking to her about it in in a wee while. But first on the show today, I'm delighted to say hello to Sinead Kavanagh and our daughter, Alethea, is with us as well. Hello, ladies. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Sinead, if I can start with yourself. You remember your mam uh, and Angela Lansbury, that connection that, you know, put you uh, in the frame as a, as a fan of hers for life. Absolutely. We, you know, one television in the household, as everybody uh, would have had back then, mm. a while ago. Um, and I used to, we loved musical, uh, the musicals, you know, the Hollywood musicals. So we would have watched anything that she was in she was in so many the Harvey Girls was one of the favourites because it was just bold and um, National Velvet was one and then of course when Murder She Wrote came out Bedknobs and Broomsticks was out then as well and then when Murder She Wrote came along it was our thing we just that was our thing we watched it together mm. nobody else has any interest in it but we watched it together so that was for me very special because my mum is no longer with me yes. but um when they started, when my daughter was born, uh, my mum had all the time. So I used to go up to Dublin, collect her, bring her back to Navin, and um, she'd be sitting on the sofa. I'd be off making the bit of lunch, whatever, and it would be on in the reruns. So I'd pop the tot that is now my teenage daughter, Lethia, up beside her, and the two of them would sit there wow. and they'd watch the telly. And that, for years, that that was their. So they they had that thing then. So when I think of Angela Lansby, I think of so many memories. My mum is wrapped up in all of them, and. 
Yeah, sad. It's sad. sad. She's gone, yeah. But here's the thing. You're a determined mammy, I have to say. And <laughs> when she came to Dublin in 2016 uh, to receive an award at the Dublin Film Festival, you and Alethea just had to be there. It, you know, it's like mum had passed away six months before. Um, we never thought Alicia was just so taken with her. And then at that stage, I think she'd already, I think she, Nanny McPhee might have been out at that stage. So she'd come across her and loved her in that. And so she'd seen her in other things as well. And um, at that stage, she just was really taken by her more than any other actor or actress or celebrity or whatever, you know. And so then she's coming, I thought, well, I have to get tickets to go to that. So I thought, you know, God, imagine she's going to get to see her in person mm. you know that's, mm. that was what it, it started out and then I just started to get greedy I think we got to see her in person and then we went to Ward Gosh and we discovered that she was actually going to be brought in through the main door through the foyer mm. and we were in the foyer you know because I thought she'd be coming out on stage from the green room or whatever so I thought oh gosh we get to see her close up and so we were in the receive you know we were in with the, the reception area and then we realised that they were creating a receiving line Yes. And we thought, oh, she might get to actually meet her. Mm. So I was like, in the front there, pet, the rest of them are all grown-ups around you, look at you, looking gorgeous, cute. She's definitely going to say hello to you. And I said, now remember, she's a dame, so you have to treat her as a dame. If she says hello to you, you greet her properly. So she came, did a beeline for her and and complimented her on her lovely dress and her her outfit. And Alicia curtsied and said, hello, it's lovely to meet you, Dame Lansbury. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was I was behind her, and of course trying to get a picture and uh, the picture of the back of the child's head, but I had a very blurred picture of of Dame Lansbury. But it was just it was just oh fantastic. And then we went in and we had and it was the the interview and it was done lovely and it was so lovely and I pictures of her watching you know intently listening to every word mm. and sorry somebody bloody ringing me to say you're on the radio. Um, <laughs> Whatever it is, stop ringing me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was just, it was really special. But then she was singing and uh, she uh, she started singing. You know, somebody was talking about Bedknobs and Broomsticks and she started singing The Beautiful Briny. And she said to the audience, you oh, know, come on, join in. And none of them knew the words. And nobody was joining in. And Lisa was here beside me and she was singing as loud as she could. But we were up the back and so her voice wasn't carrying. And she was like, Mommy, why are they not singing the song? You know, do they not know? Why are they here if they don't know her yes. song? And that was that, and we finished, and we came out, and then I got then I got very greedy. <laughs> then I got very greedy, and I thought, you know what? Now I kind of know the lay of the land here. She's leaving here because she has to go to. She had said she was going somewhere for something to do with the diff, and um, I was like, she's going to be so. She's in the underground car park now. I know where I am now, and I know that there's a stairs over there, and there's a stairs behind me, and I know that's the back stairs. And I wonder now if there be any chance that I might get to a door that would be open. So we took a chance and I said, come on, let's go. And we snuck down the back stairs and we got through a fire door and we got into the underground car park over near the private compound where they have the gated area for anyone who's important. And there was the car, the engine running, and there she came through the doors and into the car. And I went, let's go. And we went to the gate. And the gate opened and Alicia waved through the window to, you know, waved yes. through the window and she had her DVD, her Bedknobs and Broomsticks DVD with her. And she had it up in the air and she asked the driver, Dan Lansbury asked the driver to stop. And she put down the window and Alicia said, hello, would you sign my, and she said, of course I will. And then she said, I was trying to sing. I was singing, but you couldn't hear me. Nobody was singing. 
And the next thing then, the door is open because she's signing the, the DVD. The door is open. The next thing, I'm throwing everything at me and she has her by the hand and the two of them are singing the beautiful book. Ah. And it was just, Oh my God! And I was saying to Louise, like I could, I had a camera, but I couldn't. I if I'd started foostering with yeah. the camera, I'd have missed it. Mm. And I thought, this is three D. This is real life. This I can't capture this in a photograph. I have to just stand and watch and just absorb this. And it was just the most beautiful, beautiful. She was just, oh my God, so generous and kind hearted and and loving in that interaction. It was incredible. And then I had three very odd grown-ups come and pushing me out and kind of, we want to get a picture. And I, if you're not taking a picture, I was told if I wasn't taking a picture to get out of the way. And I just turned and said, that's my daughter, you're not taking a picture of her. Yes. And I just stood in their way. But it was mad. They were shouting, you know, yeah. Angela, Angela, look here, look here. And, and she just ignored them all. And she continued singing. <laughs> oh, what a story. Alethea is with us. Hello, Alethea. Hiya. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Can you verify everything your mother says there? I can. <laughs> As a child, like when you're younger, it's just so much more magical yes and tell me this um, you know singing the song when you can you remember singing up at the back on your own and looking around you as your mum says there and thinking what the hell come on everybody I can remember a little bit and I remember the confusion because obviously I knew her from Murder She Wrote in Bed Nubs and Broomsticks and then everyone else was just there and they were all boring they were all just oh, ha, ha, ha. like they were laughing along and they just I don't know it felt a little bit sad, not for me, but for her. Because imagine if they had all been singing. As that, like, even for me at a young age, I realised that if everyone had been singing, it would have been so amazing for mm. So Yeah, but know. you did your bit from the back. And it's great that you got to meet up. You know, as a child, to meet somebody like that, having, you know, watched them on TV, especially on Murder, she wrote. Can you, can you still, you know, recall that feeling? I... I I had the feeling of like utter awe because she was she was beautiful. Yeah. She was so elegant and majestic and the way she moved and, and I loved her voice. Mm. And every everything she was in I loved her voice. But then I also loved it from the aspect I felt like I knew her. Yes. Not in the way where, Oh my god, I'm your biggest fan as in I like I I wanted to be part of her family, if that made sense. I know what like, you're saying. Yeah. She, she just felt like a, a grandmotherly yeah. um sort of woman and it was just it was so um honestly it was so it was so powerful yeah. when I just got to see her because a young child seen her on TV, I felt a connection with her and then she 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 was holding my hands and singing along with me. Mm. And it was just it was so beautiful. Have you the D V D still? I, I do, it's downstairs in the cupboard. Ah. Have the Netflix, but you got to have the DVD. Oh, yes, never, never keep them. They are really, really precious. And I take it that both of you, just Sinead, to come in for a second, you felt a little pang of sorrow last evening when the news broke? Uh, for goodness sake, I, I saw Louise had posted and I and I was posting, God, yeah, I feel the same. And then I just verbal diaried onto the, the post on her Facebook. <laughs> and, I re- and I ended up blubbing. I ended up blubbing, thinking, you know. She's been in so many... I'm doing this again. Here I am, getting all leaky-eyed. Um, she's just been a feature in, I think, so many lives. I mean, if you look on social media today, everyone is talking about having sat with their nans mm. or with their mums yes. watching. But it's just... It, it surpasses the the fact that, you know, she was a Hollywood actress and she had Irish roots. So she had an amazing life. She had 
dealt with some incredible challenges. She was such a human, you know, that, that she always allowed that element to be seen. Yes. Um, and then she has touched the lives of so many people just by being that quiet presence of a little TV programme that so many families have, yeah. it, it was like an anchor point for yes. so many families. Yes. Oh, and it's that part that's yeah. very emotional. It certainly um, is. It really is. I'm delighted you told your story. Alethea, could you still sing it today? Yay. God. <laughs> well, listen. I'm not. I'm. I'm not like that. I'm not like that. I'm really not. But Louise, hit it there. If you want to join in, here we go, ladies. Thank you for joining me. Take care. Bye. What a chance to get to bed to peep at the plants and creatures of the deep. We glide. Far below the rolling tide Serene Through the bubbly blue and green It's lovely Bobbing along Bobbing along On the bottom of the beautiful briny sea What if the octopus The flounder and the cod Think we're rather odd It's fun to promenade, bobbing along, singing a song, on the bottom of the beautiful briny sea. Couple of your comments before we head towards news and weather, top of the hour. Jerry, don't lose the run of yourself, it's only a bit of banter, really? Uh, Media will give it legs as usual, you have to make programmes, says Rosemary. Mm. Couldn't go along with that, Rosemary. Thanks for the comment. If Scotland had won, they would be singing similar songs. That's another listener, would they? Um, Jerry, they are no better than the Shamrock Rovers thugs jeering when the Queen died. They should be disqualified. This would set a precedent that it won't be tolerated, says Mairead. And there's more and I'll come back to him. But let me tell you that the Beacon Care Facility are expanding and they're opening a new satellite clinic at Drogheda Retail Park on the 21st of October and to coincide with them uh, moving into the northeast I'm delighted to say hello again he's been with us before on the show to Dr Bart Cuchero hello Dr Bart hello good afternoon thank you for joining me on the show today I suppose we'll take this opportunity with you on the way uh, to this neck of the woods maybe to have a chat about a few issues around fertility if that's okay and I suppose the first one uh, to talk to you about is you know people who are trying for a baby how long should you try before you seek fertility advice Uh, that depends on the female age basically if you're Younger than 35, you can wait for a year and try for a year and then seek for, for a, you know, initial tests and perhaps advice. For women who are over 35, however, um, that's um, after six months of trying. It was noted, you know, years ago that after 35 years of age, infertility is more common and it kind of accelerates, so uh, no time to lose. Uh, also, if a man is like well into 40s, it's worthwhile to do it after half a year of trying. And when is the real, let's say, point in life and age when you say to people, and I suppose especially the woman, because a man can remain fertile forever, but from a woman's perspective, when is it time to just let it go, really? Well, again, there are some studies that span for a good few centuries even of couples being investigated in, you know, parish books and that sort of ways. Um, 
until 42, a pregnancy can be expected, but less and less so. And, you know, the time spent on trying is usually longer. And so that will be um, something to, to remember that, you know, until 42, both uh, natural fertility is expected to work for most of population and IVF, perhaps, you know, with few repetitions. But beyond the age of 42 years, it's really a hard expectation, you know, for, for a baby conceived spontaneously. And the effort spent on IVF is much higher. You know, many more cycles are required. Many more eggs have to be processed. Many more embryos have to be studied uh, before a baby is born. Now, we mentioned the woman a lot in the context of fertility, but fertility problems in the male of the species and us men, how, you know, percentage-wise does that break down between men and women? Well, interestingly, a male, male problem is present uh, in half of the cases, one way or another. Sometimes it's the leading cause and sometimes it's just a, a kind of additional uh, uh, discovery, uh, you know, down the line when we do the initial tests that there is also some deficiency on the sperm side and it's better to address it specifically in the treatment. Um, so, you know, this is uh, something that is also uh, dependent on, on, on the lifestyle and it was noted that male in the Western life are more prone to have or develop fertility issues than men living more, um, let's say, rural life. Well, you do what you do. How, how important are lifestyle issues when it, come in, when it comes to, to conceiving? Or Do you cover that area at all? Do you deal with that in terms of your professional work? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, it's more to do with the male lifestyle, would you believe, rather than on the female side. But uh, just to plainly explain, you know... Uh, balancing your body weight, low-carb diet, avoiding alcohol, smoke, obviously, and use of multivitamins for male fertility are equally important as um, avoiding strenuous exercising, you know, marathon runners. That sort of effort sometimes is too much, and it may be reflected in poor sperm performance. Now, most of men who run marathons have no problems with fertility, but it would be regarded as a risk factor for for a couple that is already in the clinic just, you know, uh, mm. to, to, to tame that. So it's basically some sort of uh, hygienic lifestyle. Uh, and the reason is that sperm is produced from scratch. You know, men, men, men produce sperm day in and out, and as you rightly said, you know, can remain fertile uh, till late in life, whereas women are born with their eggs. And there are only few few situations where, you know, dietary intervention or lifestyle intervention may help. Uh, typically, it would be for polycystic ovaries uh, that was, you know, so explored last month because it was the polycystic ovary month <laughs> mm. uh, celebrated. Yeah. So that's where, again, you know, low-carb diet can restore ovulation in them. Uh, some of these women uh, actually have difficulty in maintaining um, body weight. And, you know, that's where uh, bringing these things to norm can result in better in better pregnancy run or also conceiving. Some of them will conceive just by modifying their lifestyle. But this is not common, okay? Mm. It's much less important than for the men. Interesting. Um, so the women can have a good time and boys, we got to behave ourselves if we want this to uh, work to its optimum. You know, IVF over the years, I don't have to remind you, has really moved on in leaps and bounds and you and the care group have pioneered a number of these uh, advancements. Can I ask you about one of them in particular that intrigues me? Embryogenetic screening. Would you just explain that to us, please? Yes. Um, so, you know, the problem with um, in IVF, one of the leading problems is um, that 
above the age of 35, most of human embryos are abnormal, and that's a chromosomal abnormality, genetic abnormality that's not visible under microscope. And this is also why people have to repeat the treatment. This is why it can fail. This is why women have miscarriage for the most of the cases of miscarriages. So it makes sense to investigate the embryos uh, before we use them. Are these embryos worthy transferring? Are these embryos, uh, you know, predictably compatible with a live birth? And only then proceed to a transfer. So that's what we do for most of our patients, actually. Um, we, we park the embryos at the stage when they are transferable. We take a biopsy send the biopsy for a genetic study, and then, you know, a few weeks later, we have the response whether the embryo should be transferred or should we not transfer it at all. And, you know, some couples learn that out of, you know, a handful of embryos that they created only one and not necessarily the previous one is worthy transferring, or they can learn that they should do another IVF because none of the embryos is really suitable for transfer. Mm. Or at least for a live birth, because, you know, they, they look pretty good, actually. Yes. So, so this advancement is really important. Oh, yes, it is. You know, bearing in mind that most of women attending for treatment are around 38 years of age, this is when abnormality prevails, actually. So most of embryos created for our patients should not be used, really. Mm. And, and, you know, w- when you see people going through this and, and you've seen many and your colleagues have and will in the past and into the future, it, it can be very challenging for people. It goes without saying. Oh, yes, it is. Now, you know, this is the typical patient's pathway here that you do everything right. You Mm. have nice response to medications. The numbers of eggs are satisfying. Um, The embryo presentation, so they look really well. And then you learn that, you know, the final outcome is negative one way or another. And you have to repeat it again and again and again. And yes, patients who had, you know, two failed cycles, they even, you know, should consider... Uh, um, you know, seeking the the counselor's advice before proceeding further, because this is for most of you as far as our natural resilience goes, and that's where people can get, you know, distressed too much. And funny enough, this is one of the very few things that actually was confirmed to increase the the life births, counseling after two failed cycles. Mm, Interesting. management, so to say. Yes, yes, the importance that it plays as well. just before we finish, I suppose I should have started with this one, but I'll finish with it. How common are, are, are fertility issues? Uh, they are relatively common because, you know, they actually, and actually they advance with age. So if you imagine a couple who's in the earliest 30s, like one in 10 couples will have a fertility issue. This will double until their late 30s. So 20, 25% at the age of 38 would be regarded as normal. So every fourth couple will already have difficulty in conceiving or completing a family or even starting a family. And it's going to be a third of couples between 40 and 42 years of age. Then, as we said before, above the age of 42, that's when over half of population is infertile. Mm. Uh, and the numbers are there. And I, as you say, as the years push on, uh, the emphasis is even greater in trying to make it successful. It's wonderful, isn't it, when people who struggle uh, conceive and, and a baby is the outcome? Oh, yes, it is. You know, we receive, you know, emails, we receive postcards with the babies born. And, you know, success rates are actually very good, especially if you avoid these unnecessary transfers, because that's when, you know, you have less 
less of disappointment, really. Mm. Well, you are uh, moving out from HQ. Your new satellite clinic is opening in Drogheda Retail Park on the 21st of October. And I just see it's the Dublin number. If anyone wants to find out more or get in touch, it's 01293-2955. That's 01293-2955. But you'll be hearing more about it as the clinic itself opens. You'll be very welcome and you're a great addition to the North East. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me on the show, Dr. Dr. Bart Kuchera there from the new Beacon Care Facility uh, opening soon in Drogheda. Uh, that's the 21st of October. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Short break and we'll be back to your comments. To your comments this afternoon regarding the opening of the show when I spoke about the Irish International Ladies Soccer Team. Jerry, not a word last week about the best fans in the world chanting IIIRA to the Rangers fans. Something and nothing, but yet the best fans in the world are above reproach. Not the best choice of songs by the girls, but neither should they be scapegoats and if anything they will feel utterly ashamed but that's not enough says a listener uh, another one there what a load of baloney on our on our wonderful women's soccer team achievements no mention of unionist comments on the terrible tra- tragedy in Krishla from an Irishman well I, I will say this, that it's on both sides and two wrongs, as my mother used to say, never makes a right. And I will say that the Democratic Unionist Party did open the conference by, uh, by uh, with words, should I say, of sympathy to the people in Krishla as well. And, and they really did that. They really did. And, and uh, you know, it's something to acknowledge as well. But this is a tit for tat thing. And I know what happens on both sides. There's no doubt about that. Peter, great to hear from you again. We didn't know where you went at all. Anyway, Peter says, will you lighten up? It's all about not offending the minority on this island, isn't it? What about Linfield and Rangers fans singing anti-pope songs? They never get the bad press our girls or boys do. It was in the heat of the moment, Jerry. after qualifying for a first World Cup. No malice was intended. That one, Maraid, you read out our comment there a while ago talking about having them disqualified from the World Cup, must be a true blue West Brit which I suppose you categorise me as as well, Peter. You know the type, Jerry, that anything anti-monarchy or British is the worst thing ever. The loss of life in Krishla should be more in Maraid's focus today than showing her true West Brit colours. Thanks, says Peter. You know, Maraid is entitled to her view and she feels like that, Peter. And that's her view. You have your view too. But at the end of the day, in the heat of the moment, whatever it was, it was wrong. It was wrong. And it's wrong on the other side too. And until we move away from this and stop this and cobble, and will we ever? I don't know whether we ever will. But people are working hard to try and build a new Ireland, an inclusive Ireland, no majorities, minorities or whatever, all as one, both traditions recognised and accepted and respected. That is the way forward. And honestly, in the context of Brexit and all that's happened subsequently, uh, you know, people are seeing, you know, will they see? I don't know whether they will, but perhaps an Ireland, an Ireland, a one Ireland would be the way. I am a Republican. I'm from a Republican family. I, I put my cards on the table. But my God almighty, we've got to move on. And, 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 you know, move this whole thing along uh, down the road it needs to go. Louise, have you any view on the women? I, me and me have been talking all morning about this. and uh, I couldn't wh- believe it, could I? I just couldn't get my mm. head around it. Um, yes. Because they're so young. How old are they? Well, like, they're all in their 20s, 20s to early 30s. They're very young to be, you know, you know, for, you know to be... They're still very young, I think, to be kind of motivated in that way. I don't think there was any malice intended. Mm. I think it was probably... 
you know, you go out there, you see kids doing a chant. It's a chant and it just comes automatically. Now, I don't agree with it. It shouldn't have been done. Yeah. Whatever, it took away from their victory. It did take away from the victory. But I mean, questions have to be asked. Who played the song? Who videoed it, as you say? Yeah. Where was where was their mentors? Where was mm. their mentors to kind of just say, hang on, girl, stop. Yes. Just stop now. Mm. You know? Yeah, it was uh, one of those moments where everyone gets carried away. But unfortunately today, in the world of this thing in my hand here, called a mobile yeah. phone, you can film, video, flash the images around the world in seconds. And that's the way it works, you know. But they're not children, Louise. I have to say, mm. you know, the mid-20s, 30s, into their 30s as well. And, you know, I'd say they're, they have to be sick. So, I just can't, can't get my head around why, mm. Mm. Do you know, oh, why uh, that song? Why did they sing it? I mean, there was, it wasn't just one or two, it was a whole lot of them. Yeah, Sweet Caroline, come on, yeah. there's a better one for you. <laughs> and you can all be rocking. Good times never felt so good. Sweet Even Caroline. Even the fields of Bath and Rye, you know. Uh, you know, well, it has, uh, I love the fields. It's a great song as well. But my <sighs> God less. almighty, until we stop this, and on both sides, it's and it, it's now, uh, we are, if you like this, we, I say Why we. Why are those songs associated with football anyway now? Oh, they just you know, are. They just are. It's not, they, it's they, not good. No, and you know, uh, look, I'd say they're sick to the pit of their stomachs today, to be honest with you. I really would, mm. an awful lot. And when they reflect on this, now, as I say again, I feel sorry for Vera Pau, who's gone through a very tough time personally herself, as we know, and has brought Ireland to the promised land for the first time ever. And I just thought to myself last night, thank God for the women, because the boys are absolutely useless at the minute. The international the, men's soccer the team. pride around the place and, and then, on social me- media yes, last night, and, and then, everybody was. You know, yeah. and and that Donegal girl, the like what she did the for goal. you know, Priestley. Oh, you and couldn't then, write it like. And then you'd love to tear up the script this morning mm. when you just realised what was emerging. And the FAI are out apologising. Vera Powers as well. The girls will have to profusely uh, apologise. And it's one lesson uh, learned and a big lesson at that. And apologies must be given. And this must change. It must change. I know people will always sing their songs and have their traditions as well. But by God Almighty, do you know the thing I think, Louise? But just, I just, I can't understand it. Dressing room, I just, my head, I, my head is fried mm, trying to think mm. of it. You why were, they decided you, you to were looking it. at that, weren't you? And we were talking this I morning. Was, you I was going, to me, oh, Jerry, check it out. Like, is that can't real? Be real? Like, That's what Louise what said. What possessed that, those, yeah. to sing it? Like, they, they have real? to have known. Is that real? And you know, at the end of the day, sport is sport, but life is bigger than sport. And I know sport is very important to so many people, but at the end of the day, we get a very short spin in this life in terms of years, some much shorter than others. Some get longevity, like Jessica, uh, who passed away mm. last evening, you know, um, when you think of Angela Lansbury. Uh, mm. But, you know, it, it it is a brief spin through. And my God, all we want, I mean, you think of the war in Ukraine and everything else that's going on in this world of ours, it's just relentless at the moment. All people want to do is have a bit on the table, a roof over their heads, have some joy in their life and happiness and health. And after that, what else is there? You know what I mean? What else is there? I don't know. I really don't know. But I don't think we're making too much. Some people are saying, oh, it's not. It's only blah, blah, blah. It's, it's nothing. It's really a, a, forget about it. Move on. But unfortunately, it is something. And we, we do have to say that. I just want to mention it while we're on the team of sport that here on LMFM Radio, we uh, have the Premier League live every Saturday on LMFM.ie or on our LMFM app powered by TalkSport. Leicester take on Crystal Palace at half 12 on Saturday. Three o'clock Wolves, Nottingham Forest, half past five sports. Everton Premier League live with Harvey Norman your home of the big screen the final word on that Louise and I said it earlier those girls have to, have to go back to their clubs 
yeah. today and tomorrow and everything. And those clubs are made up of players from different traditions and different countries. And you have to go in there now mm-hmm. and, you know, people are saying, what the hell? You know, what the hell? And like, they've realised, I'm sure. Like, yeah. it, as I said, there's probably no malice behind it. It's just... Oh, stop. 086-1800-658. It is by WhatsApp or text because it was a great occasion, really destroyed. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us. Now, this day, Louise, on the 12th of October, 1997, 25 years ago, one of my musical heroes died and died unexpectedly uh, tragically mm. and all too young. Who am I talking about? Mr. John Denver. And I, I've mentioned this before. He was um, uh, an enthusiast, a flight enthusiast. He loved flying, you know, small planes and that. And he bought this home-built aircraft, a Rutan Long EZ, right? A homemade plane. He'd been flying it the day before and he took it out uh, in Monterey. He was flying around the Monterey Peninsula, beautiful part of the world, California. And the plane just dived into the sea and he died instantly. And you know what they discovered afterwards, Louise? The plane had two little fuel tanks on it, right? Mm-hmm. And when one empty just before it was, you had to switch to the other. Right. To keep the plane in the air. Mm. He couldn't switch from one tank to the he other. He didn't know how to? No. Or well, the, the, the whole mechanism and everything was oh. a disaster and he just didn't get to switch it and he just plunged into the sea and died. What a loss. I had the privilege of seeing him uh, in late 96, uh, just before he died in concert in Dublin. And he was simply outstanding. And his repertoire of music, I just love it. I featured him as my artist of the week uh, back when. But today in late lunch, I want to remember the great man 25 years on. And I'm going to cry when this song is playing. Perhaps love is like a resting place, a shelter from the storm. It exists to give you comfort. It is there to keep you warm And in those times of trouble When you are most alone The memory of love will bring you home Perhaps love is like a window Perhaps an open door It invites you to come closer It wants to show you more And even if you lose yourself don't know what to do The memory of love Will see you through 25 years gone today The brilliant uh, John Denver And one of his most beautiful songs On your late lunch this afternoon Kevin's been on to me to say It didn't take away from the victory In my opinion, Jerry. Some people are just waiting to be offended Waiting? You're offended or, or you're not you, you really don't wait Either something is offensive or not Unfortunately, Jerry, you're the cheerleader for these people. To hear you talking, you think they did something to be ashamed of. Uh, you're right. With all that's going on in the world, you would think you'd have more to do. Catch yourself on, says Kevin. Well, I think they are ashamed today. And the FAI, Kevin, are ashamed. Read the statement. So is Vera Pau, and so I'm sure are those players as well. And that's the right way to feel today and to understand that what they did wasn't right and took away from a great occasion. Love to hear your comments and thanks for them, Kevin. Keep them coming to me. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. But up next on the show, oh, I'm going to be taking the task here because I'm the worst in the world. We're going to be talking about how to eat mindfully.
Now, talking about filling, I'm a great man for filling me stomach. You know that yourselves. I love me food. I really do. And I'm a devil. My, my wife's always given out to me and others as well. I'm noisy eater besides. And I'm an eater on the hoof. I really am. Breakfast, lunch, uh, in the car. Have you ever been in the car and real hungry? You pulled into a Big Mac and you get a Big Mac and chips and you're driving along eating the burger and chips. Is that right or wrong? Well, we're going to find out now because I'm delighted to welcome to the show. She's a cognitive behavioural therapist, Susie Ladola, hello. Hi, Terry. How are you doing? I'm really good. And I was fascinated reading you in The Times at the weekend about this. It really struck a chord for me because you're writing about how to eat mindfully. OK, Susie, tell me. Give it to me straight. The way I'm eating, on the hoof, uh, while I'm at work, you know, at the computer laptop at home. Not good for me. Well, look, sometimes it can't be avoided, isn't that right, Cherry? But sometimes, you know, it is important to tune in to what you're eating, why you're eating, how you're eating, because it will help you to feel, uh, you know, feel more satisfied and be, you know, your your digestive system will work better and it would be better for you overall to, um, you know, start mindful eating. Are we more likely to eat more when I do what I do and I may not eat need to eat that much? Would that be a fair comment in your book? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what happens is um, when you're eating mindfully, your body is satisfied with less because it's getting more sensation, it's getting more satisfaction from the food that you're eating and it takes about 20 minutes for your body's safety signals to register. So eating slowly allows your body time to register when you're full and it gives you a chance to stop eating when you're, you know, when you're physically full. And it helps you to tune in as well. Well, when am I hungry? You know, am I really hungry or am I just bored here? Or is something stressing me and that's why I'm eating? Or is it, you know, have I got real physical hunger signals going on? My tummy's growling and I really need to eat and I haven't eaten for hours. So being mindful helps you in all of these areas. Now, in Ireland of yesteryear, today, I don't, I, I don't think it works like this. I remember growing up and beyond, we used to sit at the table, you know, for our dinner every day and especially on Sundays. And it would take time and you'd sit there. There were no TVs, no phones, no distractions, maybe a little radio, which is good to hear from our perspective, mm-hmm. playing in the background. But you know what I'm saying? That was geared towards what you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, the first step in mindful eating would be to sit down and turn off the devices, you know, because once you do that, you can tune into what's in front of you. And um, also when you're when you start the habit of sitting down and looking at your plate before you start eating, um, your digestive system starts to operate. So your brain is saying, OK, it's get ready, food is going to come. And it's like, well, like you said, when, you know, years ago, maybe still today, and I'm sure still today, people sit down and um, together as a family, hopefully, and eat and turn off everything. And some people would say maybe grace before they start eating. And the fact that the, you know, that that habit of, uh, you know, that, that ritual of saying grace, for example, sends the signal that the brain is conditioned. So when this is happening, food is coming. So it starts to get the digestive juices flowing. So before you even start eating, your body is ready to receive the food. So when you're sitting in the car, for example, and you drive, you go and and, and eat something really fast, then your body doesn't have the chance to do that. It just gets the food in and then starts to digest it a little bit later. And therefore, you're not full 
for for longer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's an interesting point you you make as well. Um, Chewing your food, eating slowly, as I'd be told at home, will you shut your gob there and just, you know, cut this out? You're driving us all mad. What about focusing on the chew? Well, you can do that, you know, if that works for you. You know, I would I would always say to people, well, how can you bring mindful eating into your life? Because what works for you may not work for me. So, you know, look at different options. Well, first of all, sit down, if you can sit down, uh, turn off the devices, then tune into what's in front of you on your plate. Look at the colours, the shapes, the smells. You know, take a, take one bite at a time. If you can chew it slowly, maybe just consciously try and chew it a little bit slower. Uh, put your knife and fork down between bites, and um, and that gives you a chance to tune into your satiety feeling. Am I getting full here, or do I need to go for seconds? You know, when you're eating mm. really really fast, mm. and then they're still you know going for seconds. Your body hasn't had a chance to register the food yet. So you still want more, so you're having your seconds before, and you would be full if you had eaten slower, you know? Yes, I understand exactly what you're saying. You know in Ireland where, especially children, you would say, oh, look at that clear plate, clean plate, everything (laughs) gone. Where do you stand on cleaning the plate every time? Yeah, it's every parent, isn't it? I think Mm. you just want the child to eat it. It really starts... uh, when a baby is born and I mean I just had a grandchild there two months ago and my daughter is feeding herself and it's all about how much did he eat when did he eat last <laughs> you know and and it, it all focuses focuses around food all the time and as the children grow up then that doesn't go away we still want them to eat it's kind of a I think it's a biological drive and innate instinct of parents so when I see the child eat it's going to thrive uh, but <laughs> the child has actually an inbuilt hunger signal. So when they're hungry, they eat them and they're full to stop. And we kind of drive it out of them as they grow up by forcing them to eat when they're not hungry, making them finish the plate, if they, you know, even if they're full. So they learn, they actually unlearn all those natural instincts that are inbuilt in us. So I wouldn't be now a fan of making a child finish the plate before they leave the table because let them decide when they're full. Yes, and uh, you often see them because I have grandchildren myself. They go away and they come back. You know that grazing type of thing, exactly. and yeah, yeah, they take it in their their own time. Now, I'm yeah. I really look forward to you telling me about this, uh, the challenge you are writing about and gamifying. Tell our listeners this. This is incredible. Go on. It's, are you talking about taking this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, what we try, what I'm trying to do is with a kind that has never tried to eat slow and is really eating fast all the time is trying to exaggerate the slowly eating. Mm. So what we do is we get a small piece of food. They can choose their own, but imagine the size of a raisin piece of food. And you're trying to get 10 bites out of that piece of food. And each time, so before you even put it in your mouth for the first bite, you're filling out a form as you go along and you're sort of writing what is the food? What does it smell like? What are the colours? Then you put it in your mouth, take the first tiny little bite and move it around. And because you have all the different taste buds in your in your mouth, you know, so you're usually eating fast. You're not eating them all, you know. So when you're eating really slowly, you might feel 
sweet and tart or, you know, sour. And you, you kind of notice the different textures. Is it hard, soft? And you're writing all of this down before you're allowed to take the second bite. And as you go along through each bite, you, you're noting down now the, does the taste change as we go along. And you will find that after 10 bites, the taste has completely changed. So when you think... You take in a, say, a, a piece of chocolate, say your favorite chocolate bar, right? You take a little piece. And by the end of the 10 bites, you may not even like that chocolate bar anymore because now you're getting the real taste, which is really just sugar and fat mixed together with flavors. Mm. And you're really then starting to taste them and say, well, actually, the last two bites weren't pleasurable at all. I thought I loved this bar, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're really getting a chance to really experience all the flavors and textures. My producer Louise, just after whispering into my ear, I shed, uh, she says, I uh, shudder to think how long it would take to eat a bowl of Rice Krispies (laughs) (laughs) using Susie's. You could do a little trial on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Michelle and Louise are going to do a trial here one day on that raisin-sized piece of food and see what we actually make of it. Now, just to, to, to come to the natural conclusion of our conversation, the benefits again, you know, mm. what again are the big benefits of this? Yeah. So the big benefits is, well, if you're looking at the literature and research, uh, the most uh, eating mindfully is most effective in addressing binge eating disorders, emotional eating, and also eating uh, if you're eating by external cues. So if you see, you know, go through a supermarket and you're smelling the fresh bread or, you know, you, the cakes and you pick them up. Yes. So. If you learn to eat mindfully, you're going to benefit if you're a binge eater or you're an emotional eater. Um, there's also some evidence uh, that it helps in weight management. So it's not as much evidence that you lose weight when you're doing that, but there is more evidence that you're not going to gain weight. Mm. Uh, so that's another advantage. And, you know, it, it helps also, obviously, other health medical health reasons in terms of your digestive system, I'm sure benefits as well. But psychologically, it definitely uh, helps people who have kind of disordered eating and binge eating disorders um, that they, they, that is part, that should be part of a comprehensive uh, cognitive behavioral uh, mindfulness-based program. So, so there are um, a, a, a number of benefits. I'm sure the ears have been pricking up when they heard weight management there. Of mm. course, uh, many people, you know, yeah. struggling on that side of things. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, doesn't it make sense when you take it in the overall, what you've been speaking about and writing about as well? It, it, it It's really logical uh, when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. There was actually a study done, uh, I actually don't know when, it's maybe 10 years ago from Cambridge University. They had um, quite a large number of people who they divided into two groups and they didn't ask them to change their diet at all. They just said, continue eating what you're eating. But one group was taught how to eat mindfully and the other one, they just carried on as normal. And they found that the group uh, who did mindful eating lost some weight. Now, not a huge amount, you mm. know, but they lost weight and uh, by without changing the diet. Uh, so it is, it is a practice and it's a habit that can help you if you want to manage your weight as well, that uh, you start to tune into your hunger signals and your safety signals and 
been fuller, quicker with less food. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, all I can do today to finish off is promise you I'm going to try to put it into practice. I haven't spoken to you today. Yeah. I'm going to be more mindful. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to chew. I'm going to shut me gobsh. I never shut it here for two hours every afternoon, but I will when I'm eating now. And I really enjoyed our conversation and Thank reading you so what you have to say. Thank you so much yeah, for joining thanks. me. Yeah, take care, Jerry. Thank take you care so now. Bye bye. Susie Lodola there. You can check her out. Uh, Susie Lodola counselling.com that's L-O-D-O-L-A counselling.com she does more than of course the mindful eating and that as well but isn't it interesting it is we gullop we're eating on the hoof too fast altogether hello Nigel Nigel McKenna in New York and touch us Jerry. I don't think they're celebrating in their celebrating they realised it was a pro support song naturally the spirits were high our girls did great no cameras should be allowed in the dressing rooms they made a faux pas let's move on it's great to see it and live in a country where women can dress and be free to make mistakes without cause without causing them their costing them their lives. Thanks indeed for that, Nigel. Lovely to hear from you today. Another one for John. These girls should have respect for where they get their wages every week. That was the point I was making, John. They have to go back to their clubs. Not one mention of the girl singing a wolf tone song, says Damien. Well, I think that was given because everybody knows that with the addendum onto it. Thanks, Damien. Just like to say hello to all my friends in RD. That's from Jim. Uh, Jerry. if that were the men's team, there wouldn't be a word about it. I disagree. If that were the men's team, there'd be hell to pay for it. There would. There really would. That's my contention. Somebody else thinks differently there. Out of all the songs them girls sang uh, was the one that went viral. It's actually sad that people these days are waiting for people to sing or say something and then crucify them. Vera has come out and apologised. Vera Pow. Get over it. Well done, ladies, says another listener. Here's another one for you from Maraid. Jerry, tell that gentleman, Peter, I'm a proud Irish lady, indeed you are, Maraid, who also knows the difference between what is right and what is wrong. Thank you, Maraid. Jerry, it should be mandatory to switch our phones in dining areas of pubs, hotels, restaurants, starting at home. Switch off the phones and enjoy your meal times. That's coming in uh, on foot of my conversation just a few moments ago there with Susie Ladola. Thank you indeed for all your comments. You're great. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. We love to hear from you every afternoon on the show. Coming up on late lunch after three o'clock, my artist of the week, Michael Bublé. What song am I going to play from the great man today? Of a cracker lined up for you. And Luba Healy is joining me from Trim. Her nan and her gran and many other Ukrainians are living in the Trim area, doing well, have jobs, contributing. But there's an update in the story because Luba, we hear she's going back to Ukraine. And my God, all that's going on there at the moment. News, weather and sport on the way, top of the hour. But taking us there, I love this one. Maria McKee and Show Me Heaven. More of your comments about the soccer situation and the ladies in Hamden Park last night. Our Jerry let the girls rock and roll. There was joyful celebrations. Any club or any sport, be it soccer, GA, rugby, horse racing, you name it, would have done the same. Let them go all out on the occasion like this, says JR to us. 
Louise Jerry made the most important point. Most of these players were not born at the time of the Good Friday Agreement, so parents, teachers or clergy, whoever are to blame for them knowing or singing a song that can be seen as offensive, says Al. But surely they know it's offensive. They are. Al is singing your praise, Louise, uh, this afternoon on the show. The digital stamp, you're not impressed. No. Why? Um. Well... From what I've read, yeah. So a digital stamp is you go online. It's a little bit um, dearer, so it's two euro, mm. and you 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 get a code basically. So say it's one two three four a code, and you write down one two three four in the place where the stamp <laughs> normally is. No, no, no. This is not right. And then you send the the post or whatever, and it's guaranteed delivery the next day. But <laughs> could you not just send an email if you if you are going to go online to yeah. buy a um, do you know what I mean? Very I good point. I just don't get it. No, and, and understandably why you don't get it as well. Sounds a bit high-tech, low-tech to me. You go online, you do this, and then you get out a pen and you write <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Isn't it? It's like we're going backwards. <laughs> Forwards and backwards. I don't know. I don't understand as well. Now, okay, for for me, going to the, the post office, I used yeah. to have, I could write a letter, but I could never post it because never get down to the post office to get a stamp. <laughs> yes. So it'd be good in that way. But now I just send an email or a WhatsApp. Oh my God, it's, uh, it's it's a strange one, all right, and and uh, maybe impossible to explain it more. Maybe I'm how reading it, works. it wrong, but, but uh, no, I wouldn't say yeah. Uh, you don't read read much wrong, I have to say. But there you are, digital and uh, pen written stamps are a thing now here in Ireland. Anyway, Louise, will you hit that button there because it's time for this late lunch. The late lunch artist of the week. Artist of the week. Michael Bublé it is and following on from the success of his first album his second was called It's Time was released early in 2005 building on the wonderful success of his first one it was a huge hit worldwide and Michael Bublé's star was now really on the rise I keep saying all week it, it took him time Call Me Irresponsible was up next in 07 followed by the album Crazy Love in 2009 and then in 2010 he played his biggest ever concert to his biggest audience ever. Where? At the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. Yes, 100,000 packed into the new Lansdowne Road to enjoy the new Sinatra. And oh, what a night that was. His uh, version of Cry Me a River, my selection yesterday, was picked as the theme for the BBC's coverage of the 2010 Winter Olympics. And he became a regular in this neck of the woods on BBC and ITV, building his fan base here. Today, I'm going back to 2005 and the album, It's Time, for my track. It's about a man missing the love of his life while away working. He wrote it for his then fiance, Debbie Titmus. Ah. Another summer day has come and gone away. In Paris and Rome, but I want to go home. Mm-hmm. Maybe surrounded by a million people, I still feel all alone. Just want to go home. You, you know, I'm coming back home. 
Mr. Michael Bublé, my artist of the week, written for his then fiance Debbie Titmus. Louise has just said to me, I wouldn't say that song is ever played in his house now. And I just said, when there's no tiff going on, perhaps it's put on or he starts singing it. <laughs> that woman has the greatest mind ever. Oh, she'd have to remember from back when on late lunch she joined us and she's from the Ukraine originally living in Trim and off she went and rescued her mum and her nana Galina and many others as well and brought supplies and came back home and all are doing well we believe but there's a, a, a new aside to Luba Healy's story about to emerge. Luba welcome back to the show. Jerry, thank you so much for having me again. Not at all. Firstly, will you tell our listeners how Nana Galina is getting on? Uh, Nana Galina is doing well. Thank you for uh, to everyone who is asking and who concerned about her. Um, I love her to bits. I try to spoil her. Mm. Um, unfortunately, she's not uh, getting up anymore from her bed. But we try to we try our best to keep her company and make her comfortable and and happy, basically. She loves though looking out uh, onto the street and seeing people passing by, and she's a bit perplexed about her love of dogs. Uh, yes, absolutely. She uh, recently she asked me a question, uh, Jerry, and she said, "What's wrong with this Irish people?" And I said, "Why, Nana?" said they walk in their dogs all day long and I said that's what we do here <laughs> said what's the use from the dog they should have a cow <laughs> at least cow give you a milk <laughs> and butter and everything else I'm with Nana Galena even though we all love our dogs our pooches and we walk in there, but she is so sensible in that and obviously she's thinking you know uh, for the greater good and what you could I'm just thinking of people walking up the road with a cow on a lead but anyway we'll, pu- we'll, we'll leave that thought with listeners today yes. she's doing well and I know your mum your mum's doing well learning the English and all others who've come have got jobs and accommodation haven't they? Yes, yes, yes. Everyone have a job and accommodation. Uh, it's part-time job, full-time jobs. They all paying back and uh, and well, they concern what happened in um, in Ukraine for the last couple of days, but they loving um, loving and helping here. They they even try to help others. Mm. Uh, and they ask me all the time if you need any help you just give us a shout so so it is lovely to see how people uh, instead of sitting and mourning they just moving on with their lives taking every day as it's calm as a new future and try to help themselves and others yeah. And you mentioned, you know, the last couple of days, those indiscriminate bombs dropping on Kiev and other cities as well. No regard for human life, where they're going. It's just really concerning to see. Um, the next chapter I mentioned in your journey uh, back to Ukraine is about to happen because you are going back later this month. Yes. Um, unfortunately, I have to I have to pull my trip uh, for a couple of months. Uh, hold, I should say, my trip in a couple months, I realised, Jerry, that I need something for my head because uh, I never stop watching news. Yes. And, and news that uh, my friends and my relatives and people that I know are uh, giving me back from uh, Ukraine. And I need something so I can back play rugby and... Um, <laughs> And I damaged my knee and ah. I have to get 
I know I have to have an operation done and went to see a consultant another week, another Saturday, uh, Friday week. And he said, um, we don't, we have to do keyhole operation on 26 of this month. And I said, no way I can accept that. You have to move it for a couple of weeks because I have to go to Ukraine because um, I, we, we were even uh, laughing here. I have so many, so many donations from fantastic people all over the island, uh, crutches, wheelchairs, money, uh, dog food, cat food, jackets, all that stuff sitting here waiting to be uh, shipped to Ukraine. But I want to deliver that personally. And it did start from the little um, little young lady who's, um, who um, uh, the father is uh, Robert Kennedy and Lucy is a little girl. She donated, um, the family donated 450 euro at the beginning, and they wrote on envelope a uh, mission impossible to because they knew that I'm going to come back uh, to help. So um, now we're ready to go. I have days uh, of departure, and it's, it's going to be in this month. And I'm looking for a little help, and I know, I really know how how hard it is in Ireland at the moment as well. And the bills have to be paid and mm. winter not going to be easy. But <clears throat> if anybody can help us to um, get a little bit more, yeah. it's, I'm asking for underwear, for socks, phones, if uh, they can help us with this trip. We, we're going to go uh, with a convoy and deliver that to volunteers who really deliver them to right places yes. to people who in in need at the moment. Yes, and that's so important. You know yes. that what is donated is actually reaching the people who need the most aid and you'll be heading for the Polish-Ukrainian border. So it's later this month, you're looking for those things and more besides. And you know, Luba, yes it is. We're all finding the pinch, but Irish people have always found that little bit extra to help others because that's just in us that's in our dna so quickly tell them how can they get in touch with you if anyone listening today can help you if 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 you uh, if you google basically i have a revolut page it's luba healy and i'm working here in trimfold envelopes a only envelope factory in ireland uh, we have a credit card uh, specifically um, attached to this mission uh, and also you can donate uh, ringing me it's 0879732198 and i guarantee that every penny will go towards to one who in need i understand that and we all do and we know your bona fide bona fides 0879732198 i'll say it again 0879 32198 Trimfold in Trim Revolut you'll find her there Luba Healy thank you for joining me today I'm sure we'll be talking again and I wish you well thank you so so much thank you everyone
Thank you, Luba. Take care of yourself. Wonderful lady doing her bit for the Ukraine where, uh, you know, it's a really desperate situation in some places. Just to tell you that the Coronas, you know them, they're fantastic. They're at Golden Discs in Scotch Hall in Drogheda in half an hour, four o'clock. Do you want to see the Coronas performing live at Golden Discs in Scotch Hall in Drogheda? Make your way down there and uh, they'd be delighted to say hello to you. And they're going to perform for everybody. It's the place to be in Drogheda in a half an hour's time. Tomorrow on the show... Anne Bland is joining us. She started the Selfishly Happy Revolution. Looking forward to having a chat with her. And Auguste, I'll say her surname tomorrow for you. She is a brilliant ballroom dancer. And with Strictly Come Dancing really getting going now on TV, delighted to have her with us on the show and more besides. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Have a lovely midweek Wednesday evening, Wednesday evening even, and come back and join us for Late Lunch Thursday at 1.30. See you then. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.